The views expressed and the opinions given by the individual host, guest, random reptoid, or chupacabra may not necessarily reflect those of AM950 Radio, its affiliates, or its sponsors. Now, it's time to step into the unknown. There are things people experience but never talk about. A shadow moving in the corner, flickering of the lights, a disembodied voice. We invite you to talk with us, share your story, share your experience, because this isn't just your story, this is our story. This is Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken. And this is Ghost Box Radio on AM 950, where every night we talk about the paranormal, ufology, Bigfoot, and so much more. My name is Greg Bach, and thank you for joining me on this Friday, the first Friday of 2024. Thank you very much for joining us this week. Uh, and Adam, yes, sir. you are back with us, the first show together since a year ago, well, since last year. Since last year. Then only 51 more Fridays to go. Only, only, right? That's that's about it. Isn't it sad that our lives are basically continuous countdowns? Yeah, it's just you know the last, you know, basically all that changes the last two digits you write on that uh, mortgage check every month, and <laughs> that's pretty much it. Otherwise, it's the same grind. Pretty much. Now, as Patrick says, are you in a post-holiday funk? Defined funk. Actually, a little bit. But then again, it's like we had more snow on Halloween than we had on Christmas. Once again, I refer to our learned friend Patrick, who says that there's a chance of snow tonight and tomorrow. Well, I might be festive. We still haven't taken the the uh, Christmas tree down yet, so maybe we'll have Christmas part two. Well, well, you know what what makes it easier uh, to, when when you're having to worry about taking the Christmas tree down is just don't ever put one up. It, it, I think we put it up the week before Christmas. We were finally all home, yeah. and it's like, do we even want to do this? And my daughter Morgan's like, yeah, let's just go ahead and put it up. I'm like, all right, cool. So we put up the tree, and I think we we really just kind of a couple bulbs here, a little bulb there, wrapping in some lights. Hey, we're done. <laughs> that Hey, as long as you're happy with it. Yeah, the kiddo was happy with it, so it's like, all right, cool. We only wrapped a couple of gifts for each other because it's like we all started late shopping, too, and it's just like all three of us in the house were done. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like. Let's just get through Christmas and New Year and see what happens. And, yeah, it ends up being the same drag. Did you make it to uh, midnight? Yes. I ended up making it to about 2 a.m. before Goodness. I ended up crashing out. Goodness. Wow. wow. I was proud of myself. How far did you make it? No, I was I was probably about 2. Right on. Yeah. I mean, doing the show every night, I mean, it's like there you don't go to bed. I mean, even when we're not doing the shows, I'm up till at least 1 every every damn morning it's probably about midnight but i try to lay down about the time the show actually starts and i'll (laughs) listen to it for a bit and then it's like all right i do actually have to get some sleep now instead of because otherwise i'll be like wanting to comment on the show or whatever via if either we're watching it on youtube or on facebook and it's like, no, I really got to get to sleep. I got my real job in the morning, unfortunately. It, it, it's not. You, you wake up and say, ah, still Greg Bakken hosting it. <laughs> You're Greg all the time. Uh, forget that. Uh, yeah. No, it's – I had a I had a, a, a meeting this morning uh, with Chad. It was just through Zoom. It was at 10 a.m. I had to wake up at 9 a.m. It felt like I woke up at 6 a.m. Oh, yeah. Wow. 
I remember the night shifts for years and years yeah. that I used to work in. Oh, yeah, 9 a.m. felt so early. <laughs> and I didn't sleep well that night, any last night anyway. So oh, right it, that, that, nothing really happened. Nothing really makes that any better. Uh, you know, uh, one, of the, one of our 2023 promises, Adam, was that uh, uh, right before break, we had on uh, psychic portrait artist uh, Angela Boley. And we had been listening uh, to her fascinating story about tracking down more information, tracking down what – not only what happened but what what really made up Frank, who Angela was. And Frank was a uh, – basically a World War II hero. And uh, we listened to a great deal of the story, but there is more. And I promised Angela, because it's such an important story to talk about, I promised that we would have her back on. So hopefully some of you uh, listened to our rebroadcast of the first part of the story last night. If you did not, always know that it's available as a podcast on iHeartRadio, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts. Go to ghostboxradio.com. It's worth listening to the whole thing. We're going to post both of them again on my Facebook pages in the next couple of days. But uh, tonight we are going to uh, have another um, conversation with Angela. We're going to get more of the picture together. What also I want to ask you all, especially if you listen to the first part, feel free to ask questions. Put them into the comments. If, you have, if you'd like to, you can certainly more than welcome to call in tonight at 952 952- 946-6205. That's 952-946-6205. Angela, welcome back to Ghost Box Radio. Well, thank you for having me back. Well, you're Absolutely. very You're very welcome. And you know, I I was kind of I needed to listen to it again myself. Mm-hmm. Just to kind of make sure I was uh back on track here because there is a lot of information that had come through and kind of where we were at uh, at the end of our last episode talking, uh, Frank had died uh, and uh, Frank was killed uh, in Germany uh, by uh, Nazi uh, SS soldiers, if I'm not yes. mistaken, right? I, I was shot liberating the Goswala-Stotthof camp and. and- and and you had talked about how uh, you had uh, how you had pro- made Klaus promise that you that that he would write to your wife to make mm-hmm. sure that that there was a more of a personal account of what happened to you instead of just yeah. the general uh, U.S. Army. We regret to inform you, sort of letter. Right, exactly. I wanted so much, and uh, I made him promise. Uh, as I was dying to do that. And I was, I refused to die until he said, yes, I will write the letter. Wow. And then I, and then I passed. So, you know, one of the things that I wanted to talk about a little bit, because I know we want to talk about Klaus a little bit more. Uh, Mm -hmm. There's a lot more to that story. So, the more and more this information is is becoming known to you and the more and more you are researching and you're finding out uh, more ab- about yourself, about Frank, mm-hmm. what does that do to you as Angela? For one thing, what it does to me, it makes me feel like that life was unfinished. Sure. I died very angry. 
I really, I generally, I genuinely hated the Nazis and the SS and what they were doing. And so mm-hmm. did Klaus. Mm-hmm. I mean, Klaus and I both were, were fighting this tooth and nail. And I wanted to go home. And when I passed, I felt like I lost so much. And, and in this life, and I realized how, now not only that these memories were valid, because I, I first when all this came out and I had this recollection through the dream, well, through the dream state, and then went to a historian wondering if I was crazy. And he asked me many details, like what were your barracks like? What were the showers like? What was the tables like? What was the town like? What was the train like? And I was able to answer all those accurately. And he came to his own conclusion was that I had actually been in Germany and that I had been a World War II soldier in the OSS. And then I knew I wasn't crazy, but I also felt overwhelmed because so much emotions kept coming back. Like what happened to Klaus? I felt so bad for Klaus. I felt bad for my wife. I felt awful about missing all my friends in that time frame and what sacrifice uh, they had to make. And I kept wondering then back in my twenties, did I Frank Hoff really make a difference? So I was just searching and searching for any evidence of me, any, any evidence of the camp I liberated, how many people survived? Did we make a difference? Did Klaus and I have much of an impact and save lives. And when I took time and actually took years to find the concentration camp that matched up what I remembered, which it was a rock quarry and dissidents were there, Mm -hmm. German dissidents, not just French citizens. And it, I know it was 1944. I was 22. I know it was in the fall and all the concentration camps I saw were liberated either prior to 1944 or 1945. Finally, just this past year, I found the camp and it was liberated when I remember. It was liberated in September of 1944. And I remember it being in Germany, but actually it was France that had been annexed Mm -hmm. by Germany. That's why I was thinking as a, but when I saw the image, the photograph of the entrance of the camp, it's like that's the exact landscape I remember because how I would orient myself was by the shape of the land. And when I saw that, I was overwhelmed and that pain of the gunshot wounds came back. And normally it only lasts for about 20 minutes, but it lasted for three days. Oh, wow. Well, I mean, that had, I, been, that had been serious because, I mean, you – I mean, those those were, those were uh, hits that, that killed Frank. Yes, Yes, and I bled out, and I remember very vividly, because I was down on one leg, and I couldn't move my right leg, couldn't move it at all, and I remember looking down and just seeing blood was just pouring out of me, like a faucet. It was just, in, you know, in streams coming out of me, and... and- I, I couldn't focus on that. I had the folk. I focused on the fight. Yeah. I was like, I'm not dead. As long as I'm not dead, I'm still fighting. Gosh, uh, unbelievable. I mean, it's just, it being, I mean, and that's, that's the thing too. It's like, you know, so, so you're, you're saying that when, 
you know, your whole life you felt like you were kind of there. You were kind of missing something before you un- understood what was going on here. Uh, mm-hmm. But but it feels like, in a sense, that uh, finding out what happened, what what that is, actually opens up more questions, doesn't it? Yes, it opens more questions. Some of those got answered in a way I didn't expect. You know, for example, uh, when I was in my 20s, about when all this happened, Mm -hmm. I was outside on break. And at the time, I was nobody. I didn't even tell anybody I had psychic abilities or anything like that. And I was just an art student. And I was at work. Mm -hmm. Uh, I worked in grocery stores, leaning against the bowl. And I got this insight, this flash of an image of somebody walking up to me with a knife and trying to stab me. And in just seconds, it happened. This guy came up to me, long hair. He tried to do an overhand stab. And I felt this light rush through me. But this light was from the light of heaven. And I felt this tremendous surge of strength and presence. And I overpowered this person who was taller than I was, who was trying to stab me. I took the knife off of him. Then as I took the knife and I was holding it, he was saying, don't kill me, don't kill me. Another person walked up to me and he said, Angela, like, I don't, I don't recognize either of these men. Hmm. This other person, he's dressed up really nice. He says, Angela, please don't kill him. Please don't kill him. And we had a conversation and we even had a telepathic conversation with us and where I would talk to him telepathically and he would answer verbally. And he said, I know exactly how much power you have and I know exactly what you are. And for that time, I felt like I was somebody else. And I answered to somebody else. Mm-hmm. And I said, you cannot compare to the glory that I am, that God created me. I can turn you into dust if who, I wanted to. Who, who, who was yeah. this? Who was this person? Turns out to be a Satanist. There was a group of Satanists, a coven, that believed that I am an angel and that, according to him and in that conversation, I was not allowed to die. Now, the reason why I was not allowed to die is because when Frank had passed and I was standing before that light and I was told I was the only man in history to survive a zero survivability mission mm-hmm. three times in a row without any divine intervention. And because my life was cut off, part of that promise in my agreement to come back was that I would not be allowed to die until I finished here because of Frank, because mm. of my life of Frank. And so when I was five years old, I actually did pass. I bled out. I accidentally overdosed on aspirin. I was rushed to the emergency room and I, I bled to death in the stomach. I vomited blood and I actually left my body and went up through the ceiling of the hospital through a sunbeam of light. And I saw I was heading towards a great light. I thought it was heading towards the sun. I looked over to the sun. The sun looks dim compared to the light I'm going to. I entered that light and that light said, your body's made of individual structures called cells. I'm repairing mm-hmm. every single one of those and sending you right back. So I did the reverse, went down the sunbeam, saw all the floors, uh, went through the roof of the hospital, saw my body laying on the table. And 
I lined up with my body and I heard that voice say, get up, get up, get up on the third time. I actually leaped off the table. The doctor re-examined me and he said that not only I was fully recovered, but I was in better health than most children my age. And I had been dead without a pulse, without breath, without brain activity, without blood in my body for over a half an hour. Wow. Why don't, why don't we do this? Because we're just getting into things here. Why don't we take our first break? When we come back, mm-hmm. we're going to talk more about uh, – there's so many aspects of this that we need to talk about here. Plus, I want to uh, open it up for anybody in our audience who would like to ask any questions to Angela about these amazing experiences. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And speaking of Megas Books, I was just there today. Uh, what a great, what a great uh, conversation over there! It was great. But uh, one thing I found out that was happening over there, and I wanted to share with everybody that on January thirteenth, from three thirty to five thirty at Megas Books, there's going to be an exhibit, and it's called the Sleeping Chamber Gallery Show by Michelle Lancy. And uh, it's uh, Michelle Lancy is coming to Megas Art Gallery. Her photography features crypts, graves, and other ways. We lay our dead to rest from sites from around the world. It, I, this is really – I'm looking at some of the photography right now. It is fantastic, and it's uh, – I know that there's going to be photography, photography from New Orleans uh, and other parts around the U.S. as well as around the world. Once again, that is uh, happening January 13th, so it's a week from tomorrow. And uh, it's going to be at Megas Books. To get more information, go to megasbooks.com, M-A-G-U-S, books.com. Or you can go to their uh, Facebook page as well and uh, see all the information there. It's It really is going to be uh, – I, I, I don't know if I'm going to be able to uh, actually go or not because I have uh, something else happening uh, that weekend, which is kind of a bummer. I really would have liked to have seen it. But I think everyone, if you can, go out there and check it out. So – it's, I'm looking forward to it. So with that being said, uh, we're going to get back to our conversation here with Angela Boley. Uh, Angela, we've had on before talking about her amazing, uh, beautiful uh, psychic uh, paintings that she has put together. But we've been talking about uh, past lives and uh, one, in, one of hers in particular that has been uh, really been pulling her to uh, find out more about. And as we've been kind of uncovering a little bit more, it's something that has, has had lingered in a sense uh, her whole life, kind of made her feel sort of empty. And this is a gentleman's name is Frank. Uh, he, uh, is, uh, he was with the U.S. government during World War II, but acted as a spy for the U.S. Uh, with the German army. And uh, we, we've been talking a, a lot about uh, different uh, things uh, that uh, uh, that is is worth uh, kind of going into. Now, once again, folks, if you have questions for Angela, because there's so many layers to this, um, you can call in 952-946-6205. That's 952-946-6205. Or put something into uh, the comments. And uh, one of the things, uh, Angela you wanted to kind of talk about is uh, uh, some training that had saved your life. Now, is this training that uh, that Frank got that you that kind yes. of that kind of went over and 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 mm-hmm. lasted into into your current existence? Yes, because that that group um, 
I believe they were part of the World Church of Satan. They actually put a contract out on my life. Mm-hmm. The police got involved. The case is still open. I mean, it, it has never been closed. Yeah. But they continuously harassed me. They kept putting my life in danger. They tried running me off the road. They confronted me. They were constantly bombarding me. But I somehow remembered my training. Like part of my training was evasive driving techniques. And when I, they would be out there trying to get me to overcorrect. For example, one of the, the ways that an assassination could take place, and what I remember from my training, was that if a car would try to come towards you and kind of run to the opposite lane to try to get you to overreact mm-hmm. and get you to lose control of your car, or they'd run right into you head on in such a way that uh, minimizes damages to the other person, but it goes to kill you. And I would know from my training exactly how to use those evasive tactics, not only how to avoid getting into that reaction to overcorrecting, recognize those tactics, also how to elude from being chased from another vehicle, how to elude from being followed, how to defend myself against this type of harassment, how exactly how I was supposed to act. And I would, and in my mind, it's like, I remember all of this from my training. It, and, and, it, and not yes. to, not to put, not to make light of it, but it's kind of like a born identity sort of uh, situation there in a sense that you just like, it just kind of snaps back into you. Yes, absolutely. So, so, and, so and I'm sorry, the, the, the people who are, um, have their life that, that put out the contract on you was what was the reason for that had that anything to do with knowing that you were frank and that it that the, that they were somehow connected to the past that frank had lived with in in an encountered with with their past in some way no they believe in that i am an angel That's in right. body yeah and that i they believe i'm higher rank like second highest mm-hmm. ranking angel in heaven and that i have an army here on earth and their mission according to them uh, they believe that they're actually in touch with evil they're in touch with satan and that satan put this hit out on me and the last time and i'll keep in mind this was 30 years ago but they did make an attempt again just two years ago oh no so there's they're still <clears throat> at it they're still trying but my intuition is so strong it's like i recognize them i feel them and even like i see like a fluorescent pink writing in the air above them above their heads it's just my intuition kicking yep. in and like warning murderers kidnappers and they actually cased my apartment for about three months i kept track of them and they had a very distinct car reported the police they did try to kidnap me this was the two years ago yeah and and I suppose I suppose the purpose here is that they they're hoping to catch you with your guard down, right? Right, and and it's impossible because yeah. of the psychic gifts. Because I came back with psychic gifts, I was in tune. You no, know, my creator and created me, or when they sent me back, changed my frequency to resonate in such a way that I can receive information and be intuitive and be psychic. Yeah, and meaning that I can. I'm hypersensitive. I can get information uh, from across dimensions 
and that can warn me, protect me, keep me out of harm's way, but also allow me to hear and listen to spirits. And then there are spirits who did not reincarnate, who I knew was Frank Hoff, that come back and visit me as well. Do you, did you, and, and I guess that's, I mean, and I understand that, and I, and and not that I'm trying to look at the 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 salaciousness of the situation, but do you have, in the sense, anybody who knew you as Frank Hoff and were want were upset that, regardless of Frank doing his duty, that he might have killed that person or whatever else, or is that something that had never been an issue in in this current life? It's not been an issue in this life of, of regarding vengeance of. Having have killed some yeah. SS, um, the person that was sent to kill me. This is interesting. When we met, we actually um, the person that was supposed to make sure that hit take place. When we met face to face, at some point we did fall in love, and we recognized each other. He turned out to be my wife, Frank's wife, reincarnated as a man in this life. So the one, and this is the one who pulled the knife on you? No, he was, okay. the man who pulled the knife on me was his servant. This is, this group the, has a system of servants who work for what they call wizards. Sorry, I'm a little bit slow today. So the one who told you, who, who, who asked you not to kill the one with the knife, is that, 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 that was, that was your, that was Frank's wife or yes. Frank. Yeah. Frank's wife. And he called, I called him Mary and he called me Frank. And he, he decided to try to have a relationship with me, but he was also very paranoid uh, because in, in that group and what they do, they are very secretive and he would just show up randomly at first um, at different places, like at a grocery store or whatever, and pass me notes or have somebody pass me notes and I'd pass notes back to him. I would just send him a picture and a mentally and a time and a place to meet. And he would show up there without any phone call. And of course, uh, internet was almost non-existent at the time. And he would just show up there and he decided to try to start trusting me. And then all of a sudden that communication stopped and I felt something break and it was really, I could feel lost. I felt so, so much grief. He had died. He had died. Wow. Unexpectedly. And there was, and the reason why I found out about this group, there was one of his coven kept harassing me at the mall openly, you know, calling me names and things. And I would go and confront him but I would also use them as a source of information, and that's how I learned about the reason why they were trying to kill me. And that's also how I was able to confirm that this man, Jeffrey, had passed. But I, till this day, I don't know where he's buried. I don't know the circumstances of his death, only that he did come back in spirit and shared some of that with me and actually helped cross him over um, into heaven out of purgatory. Is it is it your is it your belief or is it or do you find it a fact that uh, the people it's kind of the same cast of characters if you will I mean the people in our lives that that kind of go into each life over and over with us it's like we're always but we're playing different parts in each new life that we're in but it's the same people somehow some way interacting it's like 
our, our core group kind of sticks around each other? For the most part, for most people that's like that, for me, uh, my past lives stretch all the way back to ancient Babylon about 3,500 years ago. Mm-hmm. And every once in a while, some of those people will come back in and out. Um, but um, what I find that new people go and then new people will come in and they may stay for a few lives and then they're out again and then a new group comes in. And as for me and Klaus, Klaus have been together quite a bit in other lifetimes. And at the end of all of that dreaming I did, and I was standing before the light, I found out that Klaus got reincarnated and know exactly who he is now. And he is a heavy metal rock star at this point in his life. And I expect nothing less of him because Klaus was so, so, uh, so much of a high achiever. Mm-hmm. But um, his his name his stage name is King Diamond. His birth name is Kim Bendix Peterson. And and uh, as it happens, uh, King Diamond is who you've been painting. Yes, and his spirit guides have come to me because we have this past life connection, and they've been having been uh, they're in charge of the painting. So his head spirit guide came to me, whose name is Milton. And Milton uh, works through hands. He's a spirit guide. Uh, he was in life a member of the Spiritless Church in the 1800s. He told me about his experience. Um, his And I help cross him over. And it's Milton that comes over. And he will give me heads up on things that King Diamond is doing about the stage plan set up music-wise. And then King Diamond will come out a month or two later and explain the same thing, what Milton just told me. But um, Milton has come to me and how he indicates, yes, that's a painting that Milton's direct, and he actually incorporated symbols of our relationship between me and Klaus within that painting. So you see the chains, how it kind of, we're bound to that, we're kind of bound into this relationship. Mm -hmm. And then that jaw and that tongue in the background represents Frank passing, and then the skull is, that that's chained around Frank, is a reference to... Uh, the concentration camp uh, scenario. He, um, what Milton does when he is around, he shows me that he is around by working through me because I'm left-handed when I paint. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, I will paint with my right hand as well as I do as my left. And I've never been able to do that. The only time I can do that is if Milton's around. So uh, does uh, King Diamond... Does he know any of his past, any about his past with as, as Klaus? Not publicly has he said anything about it. He says he has said made some things that kind of made some statements that have intrigued me about that, and I kind of wonder about if it's if it's not there consciously, subconsciously, because both of our style of work are kind of is kind of dark, and when you live through something like that the output your creative output your emotional output is kind of psychologically dark yeah just because you've been through a lot and i I see the same thing i see some of the same things i hear some of the same scenarios going on in the music even though his stories are fictional there are some of the same themes that are going on in there there's a few songs of his especially there's a song called uh, off the album called the house of god called help Mm -hmm. and that so much, I so much relate to that when I was shot and dying. It, it, 
the emotions in it are so strong and it's it almost reflects word for word for what I was going through at that time um, as I was shot and lay dying and it makes me wonder how much my death affected people afterwards my friends Klaus and then also the French counterpart that I had who because this was a French American operation to mm-hmm. liberate that camp um, who was uh, Toussaint officer Toussaint how that affected them did what happened after that I'm very I very much want to know well, and, and you got to think too a little bit, and we, we're gonna we're gonna have to break here in a, in about uh, thirty seconds. But you got to think that you know the, the your death as Frank and like how did it how did it affect them? Had to affect them profoundly. But to, and, and you got to think to the point that it 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 continues on into the next life, right? I mm-hmm. mean, it's like yes. a it's almost like a stone tape theory where it imprints the tragedy mm-hmm. imprints itself onto on maybe onto their soul or something. I don't know. It's possible. I think it does. Yeah. I really think it does. Um, now, I know that uh, Toussaint uh, came to me, and I had to help cross him over because he was very depressed. Mm-hmm. Um, he had lost a son in that war, mm-hmm. and his son was 30. Mm-hmm. And he was older than me at the time. And mm-hmm. I helped cross him over, and he came back, thanked me, and I just felt embraced with love from him. Wow. And he had so much to tell me. He told me about his son being killed, and then also he was also killed in that. They were both double agents at that time. Wow. Why don't, why don't we do this? Why don't we sneak in our next break here? When we come back, we're going to continue and finish up our conversation with Angela Boley. Once again, if you have any questions, if you want to join the conversation, you can do so at 952-946-6205 or put something in the comments. You're listening to Ghost Box Radio on AM 950. And join me Monday on Ghost Box Radio with Greg Bakken as we're going to have back on Michael J. Warden. Uh, he has been uh, on a lot of shows, but he's also written a number of books. We're going to be talking about his first book, which is The Murder of Richard Jennings, the true story of New York's first murder for hire. So we're going to do a little true crime on Monday. Please make sure to join us for that. We are having a conversation. We're in our last segment with Angela Boley. We've been talking about uh, tracking down uh, a last uh, a past life that has significant impact on the life that she's living now. Uh, the gentleman uh, that she was uh, during World War II was uh, his name of Frank Hoff, and uh, his his journey ended during World War II as he liberated a concentration camp out there. Uh, it's uh, a, a truly incredible story. Uh, before we get back into it, a couple comments here. Jill says uh, she's just happy that you're here. This gives me so much to think about. Thank you for sharing your experiences with us these past episodes. And I have to think, Angela, you know, there's so many of us out there that might have had glimpses of our own past episode, our own past lives and our own like wondering, like, why does something seem familiar? Why does somebody else seem familiar that, uh, you know, I mean, but but what you're experiencing just is set on such a different level, which is pretty uh, incredible, uh, you know, as we don't have a ton of time left. But where are you how where are you at? feeling like that you've gotten where you want to be with knowing as much as you want to know and doing as much as you want to do about uh, Frank? 
Well, I noticed the more that I live life as Frank did, the more peace I feel. So I am relearning German and it's coming to me yeah. quickly. And I, at such a point where I'm presented words and grammar that I shouldn't know in this life or never were taught in this life. And I just know, and I just get everything right. I also feel like I need to go to Wilkes-Barre, mm-hmm. uh, go to the adjusted genealogy apartment so I can find, you know, certificates and things like that. I feel like I need to meet Klaus, especially uh, Klaus saved my life. I want to thank yeah. him for that because <clears throat> back at that bar, uh, I, there was a soldier, what we call a soldat. So he walked up to me and I think he was testing me. He said, do you remember the bakery that used to be here? And I couldn't answer because I wasn't local. Klaus wasn't local. And Klaus was an earshot of me. He heard this. He knew how to get me out of the situation. So he came back, came behind me, put his arm around my neck and pulled me off my feet in the bar and said, Guten Macht, which means good job. No, good job back there. And he pulls me to the bar and I'm about to get up on the bar stool and he actually physically picked me up like I weighed nothing and mm-hmm. set me out on the bar stool like I was 10, put a drink in front of me, pat me on the back, gut gemacht, which, gut gemacht, which just means in German, good job. And he saved my life. If he hadn't pulled me out of there, I would have been exposed as an Auslander, which just means foreign agent, mm-hmm. you know, a foreigner, and I probably would have been killed or executed. If it wasn't for him, I would have been dead. Even if Kim doesn't remember. It's still, I still owe him a debt of gratitude for that because there's no way I could have gone on to help liberate that camp. And there was, in fact, there's a man who is still alive who was 18 when I was there liberating that camp. He was French. He was now in his 90s. And he was interviewed in France. I was like, I would love to talk to him. I would love to have that. Like, do you remember the pregnant woman? Do you remember? Mm-hmm. Uh, do you remember Frank? Do you remember Klaus? Do you remember all the people that were there? There's just there's just so much. I feel like I need to finish uh, with this life. And um, and for but, those and for those who may not quite remember, the the pregnant woman was the one that Frank uh, came across, who was uh, past due. She looked like she she was she was past due, right? And that yes. she um, that she. That Frank had mentioned that I'm probably going to be giving up my own life tonight, but you need to, you need to, you know, this is to save you and you need to take yes. care of this child. You need to take care of and, and get out of here. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I want so much to find out what happened to her and her baby. That'd be, I mean, that would be amazing, wouldn't it? Yes. It would be absolutely amazing. I mean, it, it, pay attention to your dreams, write them down, because if it feels like a memory, it probably is. And just do research as best as you can to find out if that was your past life, because that may hold a lot of answers for you. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's it's it, that's the thing. It's um, it, it's it's uh, and, and I'm, I'm going to go off topic here real fast. If you don't mind, because it's it's odd. Mm-hmm. I had a dream about 10 years ago uh, in, in it was an area called Northeast Minneapolis and uh, there was, uh, you know, walking down the street and there was a building that kind of stood out because it was much more modern than the rest of the uh, the area. And uh, today when I went down to Magus Books, which is in Northeast Minneapolis, and I haven't been down to Northeast, that area for, for decades, mm-hmm. there it was. And I've never, I've never, 
I, I, I mean, I had to walk past it to see if I could recreate the dream, um, like like the sidewalk and everything being the same. I, so, and I don't want to turn this into about my stuff because it's it's your it's 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 about you tonight. But I just wanted to share that because it is something about that that there that there is so much more than you know anyone who discounts dreams of any kind. I think you're really missing the picture. And not only that, too, because you sound like you may have done something called astral travel, which I do and I consciously mm-hmm. do, mm-hmm. but I get sucked to Germany, sometimes okay. against my will. And I'm usually in Cologne, Germany, which in English we say Cologne, but it's Cologne, Germany. Mm-hmm. That's where I felt I melt house and, that, and I literally watch over the city and protect it while I'm there. And I'm usually on the roof and I didn't realize I was going to Cologne. Until I, you know, I remembered all the landmarks, I remember the bridge, and I was been going there for years and years. And what I did there was not only protect the city, but also at the train station there, I was helping souls that were lost, that were German or were French, who had passed away in Second World War, and that were still looking for family. They would come up to me and say, have you seen my wife? Do you know where my husband is? Can you help me find my kids? And so I would create a spirit train from the actual train station that would cross everybody over at once. And I did this for years and years. And a lot of them are, are extremely grateful. I I've did a project from my World War I life where I helped cross over over 10,000 World War I German soldiers and also French soldiers as well cross over. And they were very grateful. But I get pulled to Berlin, I get pulled to uh, Cologne, and I get pulled to the place where I was a guard, uh, where I guarded the tank. And I, I know where those, the, the one where I placed where I was a guard, I felt was in the Rhine River Valley on the French side, and I'm still looking for it, <laughs> because mm-hmm. I might, I would love to go over there. I want to go to Cologne, since I'm, I'm over there, Ashley might not be there physically, but I, it took me a while to figure out Okay, here's all the landmarks, and I see all the drone film from Clone. I recognize the cathedral. I recognize the layout. I know exactly how it's laid out. I know the stadium. I even know the restaurants there because I've been there so many times astrally. I get a, you know, when you when you do the astral uh, travel, mm-hmm. can you can you only travel in your current timeline, or can you go back in time? I can only travel my current timeline unless I've crossed over, unless I'm in heaven because I'm allowed okay. to go to heaven we, anytime we I want We don't to. need you to do that to, to, to answer my question, uh, no. Uh, <laughs> 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 because, I mean, it just seems like, boy, it would be amazing to be able to – I mean, that would answer so many questions for you. Right, exactly. Unfortunately, I can't go back to that time, astral travel. I can only astral travel in this time. But to but some information is hidden from me, and how I have yeah. to glean from it is if what they call Akashic records. So yep. if you are there's like a record database, sort of like Google, but it's on the other side, and it has your memories, and only you have access to this. Um, sometimes I've been given access to other people's memories and other people's past lives, and when I'm over there and looking through that trying to get information while some of it's hidden from me and some of them I'm not supposed to know yet because I'm supposed to meet people to complete part of that information and part of those lessons from that time frame that are connected to that past life. Can you talk to Frank? 
I mean, you are Frank, but can you talk to Frank as Frank was in 1940s, like that that version of you? Can you talk to that version of you as a different person? Yes, I have. But he's, he's deep in the subconscious mind, so a lot of times I will be asleep or nearly asleep, and then he'll come through speaking in German. In fact, he has spoken through his spirit box. Mm-hmm. He's spoken through my thoughts, and I will hear, he will say in English what I'm thinking, and then he'll say it in German right afterwards. And I will ask, why can't I remember all my German? <laughs> right. I, clearly, Frank, the imprint of Frank is there. I am Frank. That German language is still there. The framework is still there. The grammar rules are still there. Well, but, it, it's it's interesting because Adam and I were talking prior to the, to the program, uh, and I don't know if you know, I do a lot of spirit box work. And uh, I had wondered if uh, not for this show, but for just as a session, we, however you want to do it, uh, that I could run Spirit Box and I could maybe well, – you're, well, you're working your end. Maybe I can pull through Frank. I'm pretty good at yes. pulling through spirits that I want on the box. It would be interesting to see what we come up with if it's something you're interested in. You don't certainly don't need to answer right now, but it's something to Absolutely. think about. I would be. Or, you, yes. or you could answer right now. Uh, that's, yes. that's fine too. <laughs> <laughs> and also I've had my opa come from the, my grandpa who Oh, I bet. I bet. I mean that, I bet that's, that's reassuring to hear him Oh, come my through. gosh. It was such a powerful um, healing conversation. I, I was crying tears of joy because hearing his voice. And us having a heart-to-heart conversation in German, and it was just wonderful. And then I also have from my past life, um, from World War One past life, where I was a British soldier and I was taken prisoner by a mm-hmm. German officer. He came through an S-box, and we're great friends. He's he's even talked out loud without an S-box to me, yeah, helping with the with the painting. And we are very, very good friends. Um, his name was Officer Officer Josef Gruber. And when he talked to the S-Box, he spoke in German and in English. I asked him, how many men did you take prisoner that day when you took me prisoner? And he, had, he said, wir sick. Wir sick in German is 40. Okay. Yeah, he, he shot every single man in the head and had them dig their own graves. And I was guy number 40. And then the... Um, the war ended just as he put the pistol to my head to fire. So uh, do you, uh, as, as we're, we're down to about two minutes left, uh, do you have, have you ever seen an actual picture of Frank? No, not yet, but I remember very clearly what I look like. Well, yeah. No, I'm just, I'm just curious if, uh, if I mean, because I, I know that that's, that's kind of a needle in a haystack as well. Right. Uh, and I know that you're trying to deal with, uh, uh, like, on a very unofficial levels, trying to get information about Frank as well. So I know that, yes. you know, I, I just know that it's not, it's not an easy thing. I just wasn't sure if you did have anything uh, that you had found yet, but not 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 yet. I'm, I'm still looking and also looking for Klaus and also Dussant, and it's I'm learning German and I'm also learning French because I want to access those archives and if i ever end up in germany and france where i was i like to speak fluently in those languages and talk to the people there have been there a long time they may even remember even if um they're only descendants from the people that were there maybe they would have some answers or some insights 
uh, to that time period that was maybe passed down in their family that they could share. I, I just like that uh, you're just like I'm just learning every language right now. I'm learning it all. <laughs> just don't. I'll just get it covered. I'll just cover the gambit of the universe here, and I'll, I'll get it all. I'll get it all done. Uh, Jill, Jill says that uh, doing a spirit box session, the two of us uh, collaborating together, would be uh, an extraordinary session, uh, ghost box session for sure. And uh, yeah, I think that that. I would be very interested to see because, uh, you know, I mean, the reason why I personally do this stuff is to help people. And if there's any even small, itty bitty way that I can help, um, I would I would love to be able to do that because I uh, as as we we literally have about 30 seconds left. Angela, I know that uh, this has been such a big part of your life unraveling what's going on. It's it's what it's a very inspirational uh, uh story that you've shared with us and my advice to people don't be afraid no matter how traumatic or how difficult that past life is or even your childhood don't be afraid to go through those emotions don't be afraid to face it because you're going to come out the other end a better person ultimately and i feel like i'm a better person after this i feel like i have such a rounded view and such a greater respect for the men and women who are veterans and who've been through that and I, who are injured and who carry those injuries and those injuries last for multiple generations and lifetimes. I, I feel such a strong connection that I'm, I'm more valuable than I think I am and I'm stronger than I think I am. Well, Angela, I really appreciate you sharing. Everyone in the comments is just so happy to hear your story. Angela, thank you very much for joining us and, and sharing more of your information with us. I really, really appreciate it. Well, thank you for having me on. I really do appreciate it. My pleasure. Thank you. We'll be back Monday. Adam, thank you as always for everything you do. We'll be back Monday with Michael J. Warden as we're talking about a very his very first true crime novel. Have a great weekend, everybody.